This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, hello again. Thanks for joining us uh, on another ShrimpNet, uh, the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Plenty to, dis- to discuss this week with myself and my youthful co-host, Joel. Uh, I thought I'd get youthful in just to try and get the youth angle there. Uh, to help us to get the bottom of these uh, crushing issues, which we're about to discuss, we've got from the boardroom, we have the fragrant and easy on the ear, James Wakefield. Hi, Fraser. Welcome, Welcome James. Thank you very much. Uh, and I'm happy to say, from the Goalkeepers' Union, uh, fresh from uh, Iceland and ready for Christmas, it's Jocko Anderson. Thanks for joining us, Jock. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, we start as we mean to go on. We'll talk about, we always talk about the last game first. Um, Portsmouth, not the result we wanted, uh, but the performance was certainly an improvement on what went before, but that's not exactly hard. Because we discussed Sunderland last week, and that was fairly disappointing. But I'll come to you first, Joel. Um, a change of formation. Uh, amazingly, a suggestion, a couple of suggestions from fans. They're convinced they were taken on board with Gibbo as a left centre back and Greg Lee as a wide man in front of him, which a couple of people had said on the internet. Oh, that'd be a good idea. And sure enough, it happens. So maybe Robbo does listen. Discuss. Maybe, although I will point out, I think he's done it several times this time the season. So as well as, as fans, we might like to think that uh, Robbo's been reading our, our posts on Twitter and Shrimp's voices. Unfortunately, I don't think he hasn't. <laughs> he has. But uh, no, yeah, it, it was an improved performance. You know, obviously a shame about the result. I thought Portsmouth were never really able to play that much. I thought we kind of did a good job of stopping them from properly playing and, and, and making it a game a kind of style of game that they might not have wanted to play but at the end of the day you know we, we couldn't quite create those chances to kind of get a goal and maybe swing the game a bit more in our momentum and then when we did come very very close at the end uh, that, that save from Bezanu uh, was just ridiculous so you know but overall it was an improved performance I thought not thought uh, Phillips put a good shift in I thought uh, good see Abika back really good and hopefully you know that'll, that'll brush up a bit, a bit of the rust and I think coming up, I will come on to Fleet with it in a minute, but I think going in for your first game back against the the large characters that uh, that Portsmouth had, had at the back, like your Sean Raggetts and that, you know, that was always going to be a tough ask. So, you know, an improved performance, a bit more solid, hopefully a little bit more co- uh, to come, hopefully, and hopefully a result against Fleetwood. But yeah, a uh, positive sign, especially when you compare it to Sunderland. Uh, James, were you present at the game or were you just watching from... Uh, yeah, I was present. I got myself in a bit of bother by using the wrong phrase with somebody. But um, yeah, it, it's, um, I, thought, I thought it was a good performance. I'm not going to um, bore everybody by getting into, a, into an XG geek off with, with Joel. But um, we, we looked good um, when, we were, when we were going forwards. I thought that, um, I, I agree, um, Adam Phillips put in a cracking shift and pressed like I've not seen him press before, um, or at least not for a while. I thought that was really, really, really good. Um, and we could easily, easily have got back into that game. And, um, and you have to remember, Portsmouth are one of the, not just one of the top form teams in League One, but one of the top form teams in the country across all leagues. I saw a graphic on Twitter, and they're like one of the top ten form teams in the country at the moment. 
So, um, so yeah, I thought it was a significantly better performance. Um, and, uh, and, and again, it, it should give us confidence going into, the, into this weekend. So what was it like? Um, obviously, Kyle started, Jock, but obviously you were there, you're on the bench. Um, what, 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 were they disappointed when they came into the dressing room, both at half-time and at the end? Or, or was it sort of like, well, we, we were better, but we weren't good enough? Um, of course, we're always disappointed when we lose because we know the talent that we have in the team and then we know what we're capable of doing because, yeah, it's never, it's never fun losing putting in that way because we put in a really good shift like you guys said we did put on a good on a good performance and obviously you know from Sunderland all that we needed was a reaction and I think to say that you know we it was a reaction but now it's just getting you know those three points or getting a point at least and hopefully going into Fleetwood now we've got a massive chance after a good performance but now getting three points well, I sincerely hope you're right. And I, a couple of people commented there were that uh, uh, Jonathan Abika sort of like didn't really do much. But it, it, essentially, that's his first game of the season, Joel, yeah. isn't it? And to come back from a serious injury like that, which is could be in the wrong hands, could have been career-threatening. Um, and he's obviously 29. Uh, to get his first first sort of 70 minutes under his belt, that's nice to see. Yeah, he did a good job. You know, a couple of good touches, worked hard. Ultimately, like you say, after you've had that long out, and especially since you know he was coming out of a summer break and then having the injury on top of that, so he hasn't played a professional first team game in you know a very very long time. So you know to expect someone who's just going to walk straight back in, like you said, the severity of his injury and just kind of tear up trees, sell a couple of nutmegs, and bang one in from thirty-five yards, like it was never going to happen. But you know, and like I've already mentioned, he was playing against some quite tough grizzly centre-backs who were quite physical. So, at the end of the day, yeah, it was good to get him on the pitch, get a bit of the, get, you know, get, get the legs moving again and hopefully he can kick on even more against Fleetwood or, or, or whenever he next plays. And looking at um, the point that Joel made, James, um, we know exactly what the Cowley brothers are about. We saw how they, they got their teams doing stuff at Lincoln. Um, they don't give you a moment's rest. Um, and I, I was talking, chatting to a couple of fans and they were saying, oh, I, I, how do they play? And I was like, well, you'll notice the first person to the throw takes the throw. There's no, you know, they're all practiced. You know, the, a free kick, they'll look to take it as quickly as possible. As uh, Goal kicks, everything. They do it at 100 mile an hour. And I thought we coped with that really well because the high press seemed to work on the day. Yeah, I completely agree. The other thing was that was the best atmosphere I've heard in an away ground for for years. I mean, it was it was a proper noise that that that, that crowd makes. It was fifteen thousand. Um, we had hundred and eighty odd in in our end, so there was fourteen fourteen thousand eight hundred Portsmouth fans screaming and shouting, and you know there was, it, it felt like a it felt like a cauldron. So again, I thought I thought we coped with with it all really well. I have to say, I quite enjoyed the way um, Portsmouth. Play. you know it's, it's on the front foot it's always always head up um and and they sort of they really have a go but we, we coped really well um and it, you know the first goal was a was, was pinball wasn't it and 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 you know if you're on form that ball goes anywhere but in the goal um if, if you if you you know if you, if you need a bit, of, a bit of a break then it ends up in the back of the net but you know i i thought it was i thought it was a good performance in a in a difficult atmosphere um against a good team and it's funny you come to that because what I was going to ask Jock was uh, that that first goal. I mean, come on! I mean, you, you couldn't have written that, could you? No, you, like, I remember watching it and I saw Scotty Wooden just do the 
best block of all time. I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> and then it just and it just bounced off the post like three times, and it went straight to the player, and it just put it in the roof of the net. I was thinking, gosh, how's your luck? But yeah, like you said, if sometimes you can buy luck, and sometimes you just can't get. It. And at that time, we just we knew our luck wasn't up. And uh, I think we when we come down to it, um, Cole scoring from his own half against Fleetwood in the ninety fourth minute. I think we've uh, I think we've had our share of luck for the for the well for the, for up to Portsmouth. I'd say that was probably it. Hopefully, it'll turn again because uh, I'll I'll come to Fleetwood on Saturday now. Um, wasn't the greatest game away at Fleetwood, but we came away with three points. But I thought we played quite well on the day. Uh, we were quite happy. We didn't do a high press at Fleetwood. We decided to sit deep and give them the room up into sort of like 10 yards outside our box. And they didn't really create that much on the day, Yox. Uh, and um, from that point of view, you played that day. Um, you didn't have that much to do, did you? No, not really. But I was just saying that because we were so compact all over the field, all, all over the pitch. I think the way we structured and the way we planned before the game, I think it kind of worked perfectly for in, in our advance. So, no, it wasn't much to do. But, like, you say that, but as a goalkeeper, you're thinking, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, even though when it's just around your box, you're always thinking, oh, danger. You're always smelling danger. But I thought we played, like you said, maybe in that context that it wasn't our best game we maybe didn't play the prettiest of football but I think the way we played against that team I think we played really well and coming to Saturday Joel um, I don't expect us to play the same way because we're at home and I don't think Robbo's sort of wired up like that at home is he do you reckon yeah I mean we'll have to see obviously we had a good performance in, in the three-five-two on last Saturday but that might be a struggle to do with, with the, obviously Wootens out Delaney's a bit touch and go so you know, that might not be possible to do. Might might go back to four three three. We'll have we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's just doing. It's a case of uh, do whatever it takes to win. And obviously, as we know from last season, I don't really care how much possession we have or how much pretty football we play. I just quite like winning. I, you know, I think as uh, you know from from last season, I think mean, Yoko can attest to that as well. Very yeah. 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 <laughs> we. It's all around the winning and the nutritional game. But, uh, yeah, whatever it takes to win. And, obviously, they've, I mean, you'd expect something different anyway because they've got a new manager in. They've won a couple of the bounce under him. Well, a caretaker manager. But, you know, some things might have changed. And I'm sure, you know, everybody's doing the research and work out the, the best possible way to beat them. And hopefully we can put that in place and, and act on it on, on, at the weekend. And coming to James now... Um... Two wins on the bounce for them. That's really, really changed their season. And uh, it, it always, it's always a strange one with a caretaker manager. When somebody says that phrase, I always think of a bloke in a brown overall with a load of keys, pushing, <laughs> <laughs> pushing a brush around, going, get it forward. You know? <laughs> but, but um, you know, the, you've got to admit, he's done a brilliant job because the simple fact is they, they, they looked very, very beatable when we played them. And I don't think we played well and we, we did beat them but they've bounced back since they got rid of the manager. So it's going to be a tricky game, James. Yeah, I think it'll be tough. Um, it's difficult to read too much into the form since us, I think, because they've won a game by a lot, but um, but it was against a team with 10 men and they've lost a game by a lot, but they had 10 men in that game. And I, So there's a couple of, you know, slightly sort of freak results in there, but they, they've definitely improved um, and they were lacking in confidence um, before and after our game against them. But again, there's, there's so much, so much... That, 
that changes from one week to the next with a, with a football team. And I'm not, they're not in a, a consistent run of confident form yet. And, and, you know, we're not in the rut that maybe external observers might think we're in. And so, yeah, I think, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a really competitive game on Saturday. Uh, and uh, I think it, uh, it was a, a very famous, uh, a very famous Coleman balls quote that uh, Sunderland was hopefully the crest of a slump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, because we did, there did seem to be the green shoots of recovery at Portsmouth, and though it was a tough game, uh, it was certainly a far better performance than than we'd seen in, in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So, Jock, Jock, what's it been like at training this week? Uh, has it been has it been the same bubbly squad, or are, are we starting to get down with the results? No, no, never. We always. Uh... We're a positive group of lads. We're always, even though, you know, a couple of bad results, that will never change. We'll always go positive into every game. You know, we know, like I said earlier, we know what we're capable of doing. We know what what talent we've got as a squad. It's just, you know, putting it all, all, all in together. And I feel like now, you know, especially big games coming up, beatable games, well, that we think we can, that we can beat that. It, that would change everything, of course. But we're always, we're always on the front foot. We're always positive, and you know, we, we always can't wait for the next game. So fingers crossed, uh, and I'm, I do always go into every game positive. Um, fingers crossed, we can get some sort of result on Saturday because um, the one thing I want to touch on just before I move on to Jocko yeah. is obviously you've seen, you've probably seen that just this afternoon they've postponed Bolton's game because they've got a COVID in the squad. And obviously there's 10 days there. And by my clock, that's ticking up to Boxing Day pretty quickly. So we might have a situation here where we have Fleetwood and then we don't see anybody till the crew game, James. I, I think we're going to have an interesting couple of months um, in, in terms of COVID. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no denying how quickly Omicron's spreading and there are games dropping like flies today across the leagues. So I think it's going to be an interesting couple of months. Um, and again, all we can do is um, maintain sort of our discipline to the highest possible level and try as much as we possibly can to keep everybody fit. But if the three teams that we're due to play um, can't field the squad because of COVID, um, then, then, then it's, going to be, it's going to be really interesting. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting couple of months. There's no predicting which way it's going to go. Uh, but I think there'll be a couple, a couple more matches between now and Saturday that, that, that fall by the wayside, sadly. And coincidentally, it's virtually the same period that we had last year when, uh, you know, we went into January and missed a couple ourselves because, you know, we suffered yeah. the same thing. So I don't suppose we can complain. Um, no, no. I, th I think, you know, again, what, what you don't want to experience is what Carlisle experienced last year, where they were one of the best teams in League Two. They were, they were trundling along and I know there are rivals and everything. But they got completely derailed by by that COVID outbreak and then a couple of other incidents around it, and they never bounced back, did they? Um, and yeah. and you know, they, they, but they, I mean, yeah. So we, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting for the next couple of months. Um, you know, we, we'll we'll make sure that our drills are right. We'll make sure our protocols are right, uh, and we'll do everything we can to, to to steer clear of it. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of months. So I'll come to you now, uh, Jockel. Um, how how does a um, a charming and erudite uh, Icelandic uh, under twenty one international end up playing in goals in the northwest of England in a League One team? I couldn't write it for myself if I'm honest with you. I'm like came here all from Iceland and now I'm down here in Morecambe thinking, geez, where? How did I end up here? But um, no, it was 
Um, last year when I played those two um, emergency loan games and yeah. obviously it went, you know, it was great result and, st- and like, I just remembered how just the buzz of the group it was. Like it was always bouncy, it was always positive, you know, looking forward to play games. And when, um, when uh, the gaffer called me in the summer asking me if he wanted to join, it was like, yeah, I would love to. And obviously like they're in League One now and stuff and you know, playing with Exeter last season in League Two, I just saw it as another step, another step moving forward. And you know, it was just something I couldn't say no to. And I was absolutely buzzing when I could sign for you guys. See, you've had a bit of a, a well, we'll call it a mixed time because you and Kyle have been swapping all season. But I, we've had Kyle on and he says you, you get on really, really well. And I, and I, and I said that's probably because you're both mental. Is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we're lunatics. No, there's, there's nothing going right in the brain here. No, no, we are. The goalkeeping union stays strong, as always. We are, we're really good mates. And like, through the hard times, through the good times, we, are, we always stick together and we always, can always have a good chat about everything. And, uh, and obviously, he's been in the game for I don't know how long. And me, you know, as a 20-year-old, it's good to have someone like that to pass on the experience and tell me like, oh, how to do this, how to do that. And like, honestly, like, it's, it's great to have it. So, your parent club, obviously Reading, um, how did the move there come about? Um, oof, so it's a strange one, that. It, uh, so my older brother, he got scouted from Iceland and uh, he went for a trial. And for some reason, the whole family just went along as well for like a little holiday. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know how, but me and my younger brother were allowed to train as well. So I had a couple of trainers as him. They thought, hey, they're decent as well. So I was like, oh, let's get them all over. So the whole family moved, what, seven years ago, all over to Reading. And that's just how it started. I love mental. So, so your older brother, is he a goalkeeper? Or is he a left back or what is he? No, no, no. No one else wants to touch the goalkeeper position. That's <laughs> just the lunatics. Uh, no, that's just me. Uh, no, he's, um, he's a centre-back. He played for Reading five years. Got a couple of um, first-team appearances. And went abroad to Norway, and now he's in Latvia playing. Wow! And what about your younger brother? Oh, he he doesn't like football. He um <laughs> he he just thought, no, I'm not having it. I'm not having any of this. It's too much. It's too hard. So he just decided to go back to Iceland. And, uh, you know, they played some. So uh, are your family still over here, or are they all gone home and you're just? Left nah, unfortunately, I'm all left on my own. Eh? They thought, no, nah, I'm not having you anymore. I'm going. So uh, they all left for uh, what two years ago now. So uh, I've got my I've got my own apartment in Reading, and uh, yeah, I've just been all on my own now. My mum doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you seem quite you seem quite uh, sort of settled up in the northwest because obviously when you came on the loan, you'd been to Exeter, then you came to us, and then you went back to Exeter. Um, Obviously, we're in a different division now. Uh, have you seen the difference in the divisions between League Two and League One? Oof, massively, and that's like, and that's why I wanted to come come here. You know, test myself. Obviously, there's some massive clubs there. There's some really good footballers, and oh, the difference is massive. Just the pace, the pace of the game, the crosses, the shots, everything. And like, I've been really testing myself this season, and like. And I feel like it's, it's only going to help me out. I've made some mistakes, I know that. 
And but the thing is, you just you learn from your mistakes. You know, I'm a young goalkeeper, and that that's what it's all about now. Is is just getting that experience, getting playing games and stuff. So, yeah, I've been loving it so far, but it is tougher. So that bit, the seven years in Reading, you've got the greatest accent, which is sort of like half Icelandic English and half sort of uh, North London Cockney. Yeah, it's like Cockney. Yeah, I know. I know. I get I get made fun of a lot in the, at the training ground. Like they they do. Yeah, absolutely grill me at the training ground for for it. But like I I don't know what to do. I can't change it. It's just how I, I was brought up. I had no. a lot of Londoners at Reading, so it's just how it kind of happened. Well, yeah, it's just, it, it basically, most people in Reading, it's satellite town, they'll go to work in London, won't they? So, you need, you need to become more northern. That's my take on it. So, you, you've got to, when you go into the dressing room, go, hey, up. Hang on, <laughs> did you just tell somebody from Iceland they, they need, need to be, to be more northern? northern. Yeah, northern that, that doesn't really make sense, that. But I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'll never, ever get England. the Scouse accent, all right? It's not a chance. <laughs> I can't stand it, all right? I, I, they come in and they go, oh, chicken. And like, I just, I'm like, no, please. I'm trying to have a conversation with him. Chicken, lad. Like, I can't, I can't deal with it. So and when Cole starts yapping around, I'm just like, oh, I didn't stop listening to it. So, who's, the, who's the worst one? Is Cole the worst one? You can't understand. Yeah. And then uh, Callum Jones, when he starts yapping, and I was just like, shut up. <laughs> I can't, can't stand it. And then they take, and then they take the make out of my accent. I'm thinking, oh, I can't understand your language. Oh, it's just, oh. I don't think Jim Bentley would have been a. He wouldn't have been a Jim Bentley signer. I don't think because our our previous man, well, not the one before, Derek was a was a big scouser. I think we had quite a lot of scousers in the dressing room. Had a lot as well. of scousers then. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have suffered really badly then. So right, I'll I'll go back to the Fleetwood game, and. Uh, I think it, I think I'm right in saying it, it was uh, your 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 lady friend who posted the video online. Uh, oh, it was my mum. Oh, it was your mum. Yeah, 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 it was your mum. But uh, it, uh, honestly, what what happened there? Cole scored, and you did you did hundred meter dash faster than faster yeah. than Usain Bolt. I've never run that fast in my life. Oh, honestly, I saw him scoring that well. I was thinking, oh, I'm going. Uh, it was no, nothing was stopping me. And then I just got down there, just got back, realised we have like two minutes left and I'm blowing. All right? I'm thinking, oh, cool the game off now. I can't breathe. But like, I've never I've never run. So when the game carried on for a bit, I couldn't breathe. But oh, what a goal that was. And Jesus Christ, the, the scenes with the fans and everything. And uh, I saw the Icelandic fan flag there. And I was thinking, who's got an Icelandic flag down there? When Fleet was... And uh, but oh, what a moment! And uh, I loved every bit of it. And then you were uh, you were you to your little entourage in the stand. You were punching the air and blowing kisses. No, oh, no, that was my mum. To be fair, uh, no, it it doesn't look the best. But my mum comes around every once a year, and like she witnessed the best game of all time. I had to give her a little kiss. You know, what I was saying cheers for coming, mum. I love you. You know, that was, that's a great explanation because when I first saw it. When it appeared on on Twitter, I was laughing my head off, going, "It's like he's blooming scored." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I felt like it. Like everyone was just in their own team. Like I saw Ryan McLaughlin trying to take his top off. He couldn't do it. What's he doing? Why is he trying to take his top off? He didn't score, did you? So like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, uh, what, what a moment. So, 
I've got the light-hearted ones out of the way. There's there's probably a few more sensible questions from Joel for you now. <laughs> I'm hard to start off with the light-hearted with them because I'm talking of everybody just doing what they were doing. I'm pretty sure on one of the angles, I think it I think it was the one that you posted on Twitter because it was from the big tactical cam or whatever that Harry yeah. Taylor will have. And I'm pretty sure just behind Stephen Robinson running down the touchline and having, uh, doing his own thing, it's Barry Roach kind of running down. Yeah, he's getting him off. He's got he's carried his notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, he loves it. He loves it. Obviously, how, how, how long has he been here for? Oh, oh he loves it. Well, like, when we win, he's the you know he's the dancer and the change room. He gets buzzing. He loves everything. I know because he's been he's been this it's what 2008 I think the dawn it? of time <laughs> I know yeah yeah I think yeah it was a pretty crazy but yeah just going on to your your career obviously Exeter and last season I was looking up and it wasn't actually quite your first it was your first taste of VFL football not your first taste of men's football because I saw that you were you were on loan at Hungerford Town and that was I think cut short by a a concussion so. Was that a bit of a thrown into the deep end moment when you go to the non-league and then you get concussed after a few games? Yeah, I was uh, well, I was 16 years old, first ever playing football. Didn't know what I was doing. And first time kicking a ball because you know how academy football is. He's just passing out, passing out. <laughs> but uh, I think it was my third game for Hungerford. I um, he tries to head the ball and he just completely just hits my um, what's it called temple. Yeah. So I get knocked out fully. Can't remember anything. And then got back on it, did the two weeks. And then first came back, a geezer kneed me in the face. <laughs> and um, just blown away, just like, couldn't remember anything until I was in the ambulance. Woke up thinking, what on earth just happened? Um, had to get all my teeth fixed. Uh, went for a brain scan, said that I had brain hemorrhage. I mean, it's, it's not like I was smart before. It probably helped me out, if anything. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, I had to had to be six weeks out, and uh, oh, it's a time. To, and they said you're not going back, mate. So I uh, stayed for Reading for the rest of the season, and uh, yeah, next year finally, so I have to go back. I mean, how how do you kind of re, re, kind of bounce back your confidence and your bravery? Because I remember when I when I was younger, I remember I got kicked in the finger, and I was like, not for me, not this goalkeeping is not for me anymore. So to get, <laughs> get get concussed and then get kneed in the face like you did, like, how do you kind of bounce back from that and kind of Pick your bravery back up. See, like oh, you said earlier, we're lunatics. We, it's just what it, we just get the biggest buzz of it. Like when I get smashed in the face, like and save it, it's no better feeling. I'm thinking, ah, oh, the adrenaline. Like I just love it. And like after I um after I got those concussions, I just wanted to get smashed again. Really, I just wanted to get back into it and you know do what I do, and that's what I do best. So. No, I'm never scared. I'm never scared. I know, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you've uh, you've shown that you're quite fearless from that because I think I'd be I'd be out of that. I think I'd <laughs> I think it'd be volleyball for me after that if I did. Uh, now, obviously, going on to your, your moves last season, and it was your first taste of EFL football. But I suppose what's funny is obviously there's been a jump in division that you've had, but there's also been quite a big jump in that last season. While it was your first taste of EFL football, it was it was without fans. So have you kind of how have you felt that difference with fans now in the stadium? Oh, it's massive. It's massive because, like, the first time I've been, you know, someone slagging about my mum, like, you know, from the away fans, thinking, what? What's going on? My mum's a lovely person. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I'll probably say that like these are the biggest differences. And like when they go, when you're taking a goal kick, I won't say, I won't go, ah, oh, you, uh, ah, you know, and you're thinking, <laughs> wow, that's, uh, but when, you know, when you get the fans behind your back, you know, when, um, like for home games and you got the, you got the crowd behind you shouting your name and stuff. I mean, there's, there's, it's not more of a buzz than that. And like after games as well, when you just want a good game, like Fleetwood, Fleetwood away, like, oh, it's no better feeling. But obviously, like last year, I would probably say, as my first professional season, like, I would probably say maybe it was good for not maybe having fans because then I could get used to it, not getting slayed by the fans. And now, you know, I've played some professional football. Let's, ha let's have all the buzz as well. Let's, let's test that out as well. So I would say all mixed in perfectly. Yeah, so it's actually I did actually see a uh, it was it was a Plymouth it, they 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 sent somebody around the around the pitch with a, with a little handheld cam a little handheld camera so they could kind of pick up like pitch side footage. And actually, they picked managed to pick up some footage of uh, I think the Plymouth fans were shouting, "Does your mother cut your hair?" And you were uh, <laughs> he turned around and went, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think." I remember uh, those actually remind me a little bit as well when we when we when we had the uh, the playoff semi final. I remember uh, oh it was Tramir's keeper came to our end. I remember he just pelted him and like he had a little bit of a smile on his face. So I think he was enjoying it. But uh, I think Free's touching this before. But in terms of making that jump to EFL uh, League One football, sorry, I think I remember we had Barry on a few weeks ago and he said the thing that really really stood, one of the things that really stood out to him was the kind of the crossing and how like nasty their deliveries are is that is that kind of one of the things that, that that's really tough yeah yeah 100% like it's just um things were like with league 2 you couldn't like always get away with one maybe if you judged it or assessed it maybe a bit wrong but in this league jesus christ if you get a half a second wrong you are is in the back of the net and like, that's what, and I feel like that's what I've experienced now. I feel like the room for mistakes is none because if you make, like I said, if you make a, make a split second decision on like it's a goal. So, and yet like all the crosses, the way they float here, the way they whip here, I'm thinking, oh, give me a break. I remember Rother at my home and they got about like 400 crosses in. Thinking, oh, I'm not good at it. Oh, please stop. But um, that, like, that, like I said earlier, but that's like the experience. And like, like, obviously, I'm trying to make myself to the, um, trying to go to the top. And like, this is what I'm going to have to experience. No, yeah, definitely. And uh, going back to League Two last season with their, with their rubbish crossing down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the emergency loan stuff, I, I kind of find it quite interesting because it is just. What what's the kind of deal with like accommodation and, and how does that all work? Because is it just a kind of like a mad dash off up the motorway? Then do you sleep on somebody's sofa or? Yeah, so um, pretty much last year was a bit interesting. So they put me like like pretty much in a farm, and uh, I stayed in a lodge. And every time I woke up, I saw sheep and goats outside. I was thinking this is this is a bit different. But obviously, it reminded me a bit of Iceland. I was thinking, oh, Iceland's not too bad. But um, pretty much, yeah, it is. Like, they sorted me out like a, like a lodge. I had, I had a roommate there. To be fair, it was only like 20 minutes away from the, tra uh, the training ground and the stadium. So it wasn't too bad. But, like, like, you know, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no anything really. Nothing really. Just like, the thing, I didn't really care. I was just playing football. I was enjoying myself. So... I think that's that all really matters for me. And like when I'm here as well, like yeah, I do have maybe a nicer apartment, but I don't really care about that unless if I'm just playing football. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want to, <clears throat> were you playing at an academy in Iceland before you came over here? Yeah, yeah. So is there anything kind of particularly different that they try and focus on with goalkeepers or just football in general when, when they're training you in Iceland compared to when you were at Reading? Oh, well, I had like a, maybe a goalkeeper session once a year. So I would say that's a bit different. Like, they just, they don't have any, obviously, this is money around it. And, like, I played for a very small club. Uh, I know it's called Afturelding. Yeah, and no, I don't even try to say it. It's no chance. Um, and it was, it was, the jump from going there to Reading was massive. Because when I was there, you know, obviously, just naturally, I was, you know, the best goalkeeper there at the time. I was thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm good here. Jesus. Went to Reading. Oh, my God, I was awful. You know what I mean? Like, when they're, they've been, you know, they train five, six times a week, goalkeeper sessions, and I'm just jumped in with these lot and thinking, I don't stand a chance. But the kind of what, things I just love goalkeeping so much. I love all the little, all the little things you got to do, you know, half a centimetre, that's, you know, that way you save the ball, you don't save the ball. And that's what I kind of fell in love with when I came down here. It was just all the tactics, all the, the little margins, it's just that's what made me fall in love even more with the game. That's really interesting. Thank you very much, Uncle. I'll, I'll pass that to Freeze now. Do you, do you miss home? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. There's some, of course, some legends over there. There's some funny geezers. And uh, that's what I miss about. I miss the food. I miss, obviously, mum and dad and my family and all my friends. But I've always said, like, this is now, I would say this is my home now. England's my home because, like, I just, this is where I play my football. And uh, I, wouldn't ch- I wouldn't change it for the world. So you've got, obviously, it's, it's a big ask even, uh, I mean, I know if somebody like Toombs came across at 16 to play for Watford and he was on his own, which is, like, amazing. Can you imagine what he's gone through there? Because, obviously, at least you had your family with you when you originally came to get used to it. Yeah, exactly. I was so lucky. Like I had all my brothers, I had both of my parents, and you know, Reading sorted out some sort us a really nice house in Reading as well. So we were a really, really happy family at the time. But I could I started experiencing a bit when um obviously when everyone moved out and I was thinking, Oh, I've got to cook me on dinner, you know, oh, I've got to do the washing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not good at that. I'm really not. I get really lazy. And um that was kind of thinking, all right, you're on your own now. But thinking about, yeah, like with Tombs and what's just happened to so many players, people don't understand what, what players go through just to, to get, you know, to play for football. Like, they leave their home, they leave their families, they leave everyone just to play football. And, like, and that's why I said, like, with my younger brother, you really got to love the sport if you want to make it. So. And that, that love is shining through, Jock. I'll tell you that for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I hope it does. I hope it does. <laughs> it does. So we'll, we'll move on. Uh, James, I'll come to you with uh, any boardroom tidbits. We've got plenty to discuss, obviously. Uh, obviously, the, the, the major thing that um, the club just announced this week was the uh, ticket and coach deal for Spurs. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's something that um, Joel will probably know um, as much about and you probably from the trust perspective as, as, as I do. It was just... Um, something with a game like that that it really does make sense for um, the club to get more directly involved and that, that's great and um, and you know it's it's a good example of the trust and the club sort of working in, in concert um, so that's that's great and um, I think we've got a good good allocation for the Spurs game it's a, it's a shame it's like two, two o'clock on a Sunday it's more difficult to get to 
Um, in fact, frankly, it's a pain in the backside. But, you know, it is what it is. We can't do anything about that. And it still spurs away. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. spurs away, spurs away. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's good. Um, the, a couple of other little things. Um, the kits for next season are done. We're just waiting for the final final designs. So, um, so they're all sorted. I can't obviously share them, but, um, you know, home, quite classic, quite sort of, you know, our colours and away something a bit funkier which um, I'm looking forward to so that's good um, and then this weekend we said last month um, at the um, the uh, FA Cup game against Newport we were signing the Armed Forces Covenant and we were going to try and um, get some things moving as quickly as possible on that rather than just signing the Covenant and then doing nothing with it and so this coming week we've got um, an Armed Forces recruitment stand at the uh, the game against uh, against Fleetwood so that'll be in front of the stadium um, and that's great because it's a Lancashire derby both Fleetwood and Morecambe um, are Duke of Lancaster's regiment um, clubs and so you know there might be a few people taking interest there home and away and then next Wednesday we're doing a veterans coffee morning um, which I think is really important especially given um, the, the time of year we're at and also um, what's happening with with, with, with Covid because some, yeah. some people really just need a, a hand and some people just, just need a chat and a brew and so, um, yeah, assuming that um, the, the pandemic doesn't affect that at all, I mean, we'll, we'll do that in the car park if we have to. So, um, so yeah, that is quite nice because we said we'd do something and here we are a month later actually doing something. And aside from that, you know, the guys are working like Billy O behind the scenes, all the little things we've been working on all season. Some of them are coming to fruition, some are nearly there. Um, but it is all, it's all sort of falling into place now. I don't think at the moment there's necessarily a, a sort of an, a feeling like we've got to go and hire somebody to do this or we've got to go and find somebody who can do that it's now really about getting the team working well together which is not that far away from exactly what Stephen and and, and Jock and the, the team are doing um, you know it's 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 a relatively newly formed group of people with established people and some people are fresh in and it's getting it all sort of whirring so yeah it's I think we're in a, we're in a decent spot at the moment we're in a we're in a we're in a good spot as a club which is which is nice and uh, looking at, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, obviously you can see the uh, barter card is, is actually behind uh, James's shoulder there. Um, there's, there's been, we're expecting a bit of progress on the uh, behind the scenes there with the cover behind the uh, barter card stand. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, that, that will suddenly go up. It'll go from being, you know, some, some, some concrete and some, some bits of metal in the ground and then something will suddenly appear. Um, and I think there's a there's a need to sort of do it in stages so they can work out you know what the light is and how it all works. But yeah, that's um, that's that will that will happen quite quickly now, um, assuming there's no no more delays. Um, and, and and I think yeah, that's going to make a huge difference. We 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 know we missed out some of the some of the crapper weather, um, but hey, it's happening. Um, and so for me, with with things like this, as long as they happen, it's it's not the end of the world if you have to wait a little bit longer. No, true enough. Um, I like to say people have it. Oh, and Jack's gone off for some reason. Sorry, sorry, I was getting a phone call. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh again. my god! Oh, you got again? Somebody's very keen. Is that your mum? <laughs> no, it's my one of my friends. He's probably asking me to go on PlayStation. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh well, this is sorry. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, Joel, I'll come to you. Um, the uh, quite a lot going on with the trust. Obviously, they've been busy organising. Uh, the Bolton coaches, which has been really popular, I think we've uh, we've got. Is it? Are we on the third coach? It's nearly full now. Yeah, yeah, I believe we're on the third coach. I'm not sure exactly where where they are with that, but yeah, it's been a great take. My, my, my dad actually on, on a slightly separate. Was in the club shop today. I think the the Bolton tickets are selling really well. 
and obviously you can see that with the coaches as well. So fingers crossed that it is going to go ahead uh, because if it does go ahead, it'll be a really, really great, great game, you know, quite a big stadium, a lot of fans going. I think we, 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 I think there's that fan, I don't know if people have seen the Facebook, we've got a fan coming over from the Netherlands, I believe, to try and watch a few games around then. So, you know, it'll be a really good day. A little bit of beef with Bolton from last season, maybe. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to it. So just desperately hope that doesn't get called off because, you know, a, lot, a lot's going into that. Hopefully we should have a lot of people coming. So fingers crossed. And also um, the, the Trust and, and the club have got together for the, uh, uh, to help the Morecambe, Morecambe Bay Food Bank this weekend and people can drop stuff off. Is that right, James? Yeah, yeah, there's quite a lot going on. So we've got the food bank at the stadium this weekend. We've got, um, obviously, the, the, the army recruitment stand. Um, so, yeah, lots, lots is going on this weekend. It's, again, it's a good day for it. It should be a, should be a, a, a good crowd. Again, who knows what, what's happening with Omicron. But, um, but it should be a good crowd regardless, which is which good. So it should be a busy day. Just interestingly, on that Bolton beef that Joel just mentioned, I don't know if you guys remember watching the, the, the game against Bolton at theirs on... I follow with the two worst commentators in the world. Yeah. And there was a there was a Bolton guy, or there was a guy who had a vaguely northern accent, and there was a Scottish guy, and they were just terrible. Yeah. And they spent about half the game saying things about Cole Stockton, like this guy can't play football, he can't do anything, he can't run, he can't shoot. But like at one point, this guy just dissected him, and I just yeah, I, I, I just hope I run into one of them this weekend well, on the Bolton weekend. It's funny because I. Um... Uh, that person shall remain nameless for this podcast, but I know who he is and I have actually met him and I've seen how he performed and unbelievably he was the guest summariser when we played Oldham at their ground on Radio Lanx last year and he was exactly the same, but because he was on Radio Lanx, he was pro-Morecambe and anti-Oldham. And really? And used some of exactly the same phrases about the Oldham players. Really? That's just, oh, so it's, that's just what he does. It's just what that, he does. So it's a bit that crazy. Makes, but that's that, that makes it even worse. It does. You're right. <laughs> I've got even less respect for him now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, 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 bizarrely, I don't know which game it was, but I was coming home listening to Radio Lanx uh, the other week and he was, he was summarising again on the Preston game. So he does quite a bit for Lanx, quite a bit for Radio Manchester. So uh, I think he alternates between, you know, trundling to Bolton or Wigan and then coming sort of like further east on Blackburn and what have you, but there you go, that's what happens. Ah, oh, well. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so that, that about wraps it up for today. Um, I, I've got one, one extra question for Jock. Um, looking, at, looking at the games coming up, um, we've got lots of teams around us we're playing. Um, if we can get those points, and we have got points against those teams now, um, where do you think we will? Where do you think we will be in the new year? Will we be up to sixteenth, or will we be still in the mire? That's what. What's your educated guess? I'm putting. I think this. the way we're we're looking right now, especially after uh, the Portsmouth game, I think I think we'll definitely be alright. I think we'd be. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't stand it. Uh, I think that will be. Definitely pushing up to the 16th. I think we'll be all right. Saying to all the fans, have trust in us, stick with us, and uh, we'll sort you out those those three points. That'll do for me. And on, and on that note, what else? What else can we finish on? I'm always positive, as you know. Um, I, I sincerely hope we can get something against Fleetwood. 
if the Bolton game does go ahead, despite Omicron, um, they've not been in brilliant form, have they? Let's be fair. So we can get something there. Crew at home, Doncaster at home. Uh, am, am I being saying nine points out of 12? Do you think I'm being a bit optimistic there, John? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, easy. No problem. 12 out of 12, sure, of course. 12, yeah. oh, 12, 12 out of 12. <laughs> you were it here first. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been uh, Shrimp Net. I've no idea what episode we're on now. We've done that many. We will, we will be hopefully doing one uh, just before Christmas uh, to report on how fantastic we were against Fleetwood. Uh, and we'll have another, we'll have another uh, quiet and uh, unassuming guest, as in uh, Jock, today. Thank you, Jock, for coming on and being as honest as ever. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And James, brilliant to talk to you, as always. Uh, hope to see you uh, over the Christmas period. I'm actually up in, up in, in um, my mum and dad's now, so I'm up in near Hornby, and I'm staying all the way through now till the 29th. So I'll be at the stadium next week and all the, all the games. Brilliant. So uh, it'll be good to see you and uh, hopefully chat and have a pint. Joel, as ever, um, far better questions than I could have uh, ever come up with. I just like chatting, so that's just me. Thanks for listening. Uh, keep the faith, up the shrimps, and if you are not a member of the Shrimps Trust, please do join. Thanks for listening. <laughs>